Hey everyone, welcome to Superwomen. Today's guest is the uncompromising, incredible, multifaceted Tata Harper. She's a pioneer in natural luxury skincare. She couldn't find 100% natural products that were up to her impeccable standards of efficacy, quality, and purity. So she started a namesake brand, Tata Harper Skincare, to make them for herself and for women like her who refuse to risk their health for beauty. As someone who is an avid clean beauty consumer, I can't tell you enough about how much I love Tata's products and how they have transformed my skin. This is not paid. This is just me being a super fan. So take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Tata. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Finally, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I know. Uh, You've been very patient dealing with the extreme upheaval in my life right now. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I, uh, I sympathize. I know it gets crazy sometimes. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Everyone always, I, I feel like we're so naive every January 1st, like, Oh, it'll January is going to be great. And then January is terrible. I feel that it's like every month is like that. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm always like four months ahead. So it's like, oh, yeah, 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 June is looking really good. But then June arrives and it's craziness. <laughs> it is craziness. The life of a, of a woman in business, I guess, right? Exactly. Yes. You just need to get used to it. Totally. So I would love to hear about your early days. You know, I read that you were from Colombia and that's where you got inspired to start a, you know, an incredible skincare brand even though people associate you from Vermont. So will you dive yeah. into your early years and what sort of was that initial seed? Totally. So yes, I'm Latin. And I think that being Latin just informed just my beauty rituals. Like I became a very serious skincare customer since I was really young. So I just loved my beauty rituals and they just become like the soothing part of your life because I never really saw them as a chore because none of the people in my family saw them as a chore, but like something that you do to feel great and to, you know, kind of like give yourself a little massage and have a moment. And, uh, and that's kind of like why beauty was so important to me, but I am actually an industrial engineer. I was having a completely different life and that, and it was really through my stepfather's journey through cancer and helping him just kind of like find new products, new things, new lifestyle habits, really, which was like the main thing uh, that the doctors were really teaching him is how to reduce his toxic load. So I've always been like a huge health enthusiast. I don't know if you share that, but I'm like a frustrated doctor. Like it runs in the family. And I've always loved this idea of being optimizing health, whatever that means, right, at the time, because it has evolved, the concept has evolved so much. So I was there, you know, like understanding why eating organic was perfect, why I needed to change even like my laundry to this organic laundry down the road. And then beauty was kind of like this last frontier, you know, like I couldn't find the product that was like what I was envisioning. Like I wanted something that was real about the result because I had always use very serious skincare. And then when I used to go and buy buy natural products, like 
the, the experience wasn't there. The performance wasn't there. Like nothing was there. And I kept thinking to myself, like, this is so bizarre. Like these ingredients that are pure, that are the most luxurious, the most precious, the most expensive, right? Compared to synthetic chemicals. Like why are they portrayed in such a low end way, right? Where you don't get the the experience of something so precious, so unique. So, you know, comes it comes from the earth. And, uh, and then I became just really obsessed with finding the product. I would go everywhere from Whole Foods to, you know, department stores. And I would be like, please, like, help me find something. And what I was looking for just really didn't exist. So the early years was really like hardcore chemistry, just like a lot of science, uh, a lot of scientists, like from botanists to herbalists to aromatherapists to just skin biologists, just like really absorbing the whole mechanics of the skin and how to treat skin and how to find new powerful active ingredients. And, but also I needed to replace every single thing that it's part of a formula. So formulas, cosmetic formulas are much more than the active ingredients. Like aside from having actives, you have a whole bunch of raw materials that go in that are to stabilize, to thicken, um, you pH adjusters, preservatives. So it was just like intense. It was like five years of like inventing new science because the science didn't exist basically. And, uh, and it was just creating it from scratch, which was great because like we accelerated so much like the beauty industry and its course and trajectory to more sustainable beauty, which was also a goal. So yeah, it was kind of like redefining the experience of like, and the expectations around what truly well-formulated products can do for you and how powerful they can be when they're done right. And also within mind with the, you know, like this ritual that we go through with our skincare, that there's definitely a moment that a lot of us cherish and that moment needs to be enjoyable and we need to look forward to those moments. I love that you call it a ritual. And I know, I know some women have extreme rituals. Um, I joked one time I watched someone getting, getting ready for their day and I was like, wow, I didn't know one could do so many steps and have so much time when, (laughs) when getting ready, when I have about five, five minutes in the morning and my kids are hanging on me. But, you know, I will say even my five minutes is a ritual of like, okay, you know, like there's something to be said about putting on something that feels good that you know is going to be great for your skin. The scent of your products is like instantly calms me down. So right. Yeah. It's incredible. I just, am already like my mindset changes when I put on any one of your products, especially the elixir vitae, but I'm like, yes, I can do this today. (laughs) I can leave leave the house. Totally. And by the way, for the record, uh, my vanity moments are five minutes. I just layer a lot in five minutes. I became really good at just layering. Like I kind of like layer it and I put a thick layer and then I don't necessarily wait for it all to absorb. Like I'm changing. I put a lot of eye cream around the eye and kind of just as I'm brushing my teeth and doing everything else, everything is sinking in. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's good multitasking. Yeah. So I I feel like a lot of women notice white spaces and they say this should be, but you actually noticed it and went on and started your own brand, which is no small feat. So what were sort of the challenges that happened as you began to say, okay, it's going to be my own brand and the formulations and building a business? Well, first of all, I think that 
and this is actually like an advice that I give entrepreneurs. I think that it's important at the beginning to be careful, you know, and just go slowly because it's like you don't want to be the biggest. You just want to be the best and you want to make sure that you're testing everything, right? Like I remember the first two years we were in pilot mode, you know, because you're growing and you're always like figuring out that space of equilibrium. So I think that something that was key for us is never biting more that you can chew so that you have a very careful growth. And uh, and I think that that is sometimes a concept that might be hard for some entrepreneurs to, you know, ha- kind of like wrap their he- heads around because you want to grow really fast and and you will, but not if things are not great, right? So I think that it for us, it's important that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be the biggest. You just need to have the best product and be the best, which is a different mindset. So I was always really careful with where the brand was sold, who were our partners. And I think that also one of the biggest challenges that we have were less about logistics and more about ideology because, you know, we had it, we had to change people's perception around natural beauty because people believe that natural beauty didn't work because it's been like 50 years have gone by um, and uh, and we've been marketed that synthetic chemicals are the only thing that works. So th- I think that that was probably like the, the biggest challenge that we had at the beginning is how do we change people's opinion about the products and what we realized is that what is as simple as having them just try the products because <laughs> they tried them, they see the results, they experience it. And they immediately love them, uh, which was also really nice to to know, because especially since the beginning, I remember when we were formulating the products that took so long, a lot of my friends were kind of like my guinea pigs along the way. And the fact that they would call me back wanting more was a really great sign. (laughs) I'm like, oh, well, we're really onto something. And, you know, because we make products from scratch. I don't know if you realize, but all of our products are single creations. Like none of it, it's made out in a lab in New Jersey and it has comes from a base that it's in 80 other brands. It's like everything is made from zero. So it's really nice to see that all those unique combinations of ingredients from all over the world and that works so many pathways of your skin, people are seeing the results right away. And, and, and that was great for, uh, for us. So, you know, there's challenges and then you just find different ways of overcoming them, right? Like you take different angles, then also the awareness grew, for example, our biggest challenge, which was like that people didn't believe that naturals work. There was also like a big awareness around them as a new generation of of uh, products came into the market, embracing more sustainability and more natural practices. So, you know, we, we were kind of like the pioneer in that we were able to make it work. We proved that you could make it and that the challenges were more cultural and psychological than technological. And then you also prove that you can produce it, that it's scalable, that people want it, and that, uh, you know, and that you're making a product that may make people's lives better. So let's get into that because on our brand side, we had to convince people that working with influencers was okay and being on social media wasn't bad. And you had to educate consumers. Natural is healthier and better and can be more beneficial than the sheer amount of synthetic materials that are in things that we put on the largest organ of our body. And I think people discount that or they don't really realize that. And so you really were early on in adopting this. What sort of challenges 
did you encounter when trying to say, no, this is better. This is, we can do this. It's not, or it's not like you're the crunchy hippie, uh, that, that is, uh, well now Birkenstocks are cool, but like, you know, that, that people get in their head when they think natural and organic and, and homemade. So I felt that for example, um, one of the decisions that we took early on is that we needed to be very strategic with our retail partners because they were great for positioning the brand and helping kind of like eradicate this bad reputation <laughs> that, uh, that naturals had up until that moment. So um, selecting the right space and location, the right retail distribution was really important for us to kind of like overcome that he hesitancy that someone might have around our brand and its price point because it's not cheap. Nothing that we do is, can really be cheap, you know, because we make it all by hand and all, you know, sustainable and with natural ingredients, totally pure. So, um, I, you know, a lot of our challenges revolve around education, but at the same time, there was a big wave of awareness. And then a lot of the other challenges were purely on product design, you know, raw materials that we selected for the formulas and also for, for packaging. Like that's super important because we make every decision with a lens of sustainability. So it's kind of like sustainability is not like this afterthought. Like our products are in it in themselves sustainable because sustainability is incorporated into every aspect and every decision making made related to the product. So raw materials, packaging, even how the products are made because we're fully vertically integrated so that we can produce on demand all of our products. So you operate like a food company. So there were a lot of challenges around just you know, forecasting, right. And finding those projections, which are still challenging because we're still a company that is growing a lot. So it's just getting in a rhythm and a flow of like being a complete business, you know, from soup to nuts. It's kind of like ingredients come from all over the world in one end of a barn. And in that barn, the products are made, are filled, are packaged, and then a truck comes and they come to our um, to our other offices in Burlington where they get distributed around the world. So, um, you know, there's a lot of logistical challenges with that, but they're fun. Like I'm an engineer, so I find a lot of those problems at the factory like really entertaining and I love participating even though everybody's like, we don't need you over here. Uh, I'm so drawn to the operation side of my business. Like I, I love it, like logistics and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a lot of learning, trying, learning, learning from mistakes made, which I think that it's basically, you know, like, thank God we make mistakes because sometimes we just make things better, you know, as a result of, you know, not being aware of certain things. So just growing and, and, and also like, I think that my role in it in itself has changed so much, you know, like I, I sometimes question like what I do, if it's, you know, what a CEO does, you know, because I'm there helping so much of my team just do their work better. Um, and just really involved with people that teams that really need me. So, yeah, I, I mean, having a business, there's always challenges, you know, the, the problems that you have at the beginning turns into other problems as you scale and globalize your brand. Yeah, I think people, when they first start their company, <laughs> have these sort of fantasies about what being a CEO or being a founder is like, and then they quickly realize that they're also going to change the toilet paper and ship out the products and you know, <laughs> yeah. fill the bottles if they have to, because that's what it takes as a founder. And it changes, right? Like you said, it, it evolves as, as the business changes and evolves. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also like realize that there are so, you know, obviously every, we all have things that we don't want to do, but that we have to do. Uh, but there's also like really fun parts of the job too. And designing products is one of them for me, like, you know, creating these new things and put them out into the world. Like that's, that's really fun. And then the fact that, you know, like I have unlimited supply of my creams, like that is a, the best thing about at the Harper. Husband jokes. He said everything that I, a husband would normally buy their wife, you make. So I'm really struggling here on what to buy you. <laughs> you. You have that for your face cream. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So COVID was particularly hard on many, well, almost everybody, I would say. But, um, you know, for us, supply chain was in increasingly challenging. Did you have things happen during COVID that, you know, you had to deal with? And how did you how did you handle them? And maybe it's not supply chain for you, but other other things. So many. I mean, from... <laughs> Uh, navigating shutdowns and restrictions at the beginning, like that was extremely challenging. And how do we keep everybody safe and the going to the office, not going to the, you know, all of that, uh, all of those decisions were, were really challenging. And then obviously that has now normalized and now we are navigating through supply chain issues, things taking longer. And because I am at the front end of a lot of it, then we have to like, we had to like readjust all of our timing basically for product development. So um, just, just things take longer. I don't know if you're experiencing the same, but it's like all the production samples take longer, all the color matching takes longer. So navigating that has been uh, extremely important for us and for the team. Uh, and then also like everything costing more. Which and 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 especially in the freight, like the shipping side of things, it's almost like you pay the same for all the bottles that are coming, and then you pay the same for freight. It's kind of like it has like ten x. It's like it's insane. Yeah. But you know, but at the same time, we're vertically integrated, as I was saying earlier. So it it made life easier on that end. So it's like we had all these new challenges, but at the same time we could produce on demand because it's like, it's right there in our farm and we have the factory and if we need to make it, we make it, you know? Yeah, there were a lot of ups and downs. I also got really uh, involved with my digital team, which before I didn't necessarily spend a lot of time with them. And, uh, and now I'm part of like their email uh, process, 
all of the digital strategies, um, a lot of like different ads. So it's kind of like I learned a new part of the business. And, you know, that part had always been like really strong for us or at the harperskincare.com. But it just became, there were months that that was it. (laughs) It's like, this is paying all the bills. So uh, yeah, it got a lot of our attention and I actually enjoyed it to the point that I have rearranged my schedule to just keep uh, having a lot of those strategic sessions with them, which has been really, really cool. So what's next for you? What's next for Tata Harper? Where do you see the brand going? And are there any new brand extensions or things that you want to expand into? Yeah, there's tons that we want to expand into. We have a list, like we joke every time we want to come up with something, we're like, yeah, put it in the list. Um, We are expanding a bit our color range this year. We're also expanding our new uh, line for sensitive skin, Super Kind. So there's a couple of new exciting launches this year, like an exfoliating cleanser and a face oil. Uh, And we're also launching our first hair products which is really bringing kind of like our standard and our formulation philosophy to hair. Um, so that's launching in the fall. And, uh, and at the same time, the brand is be, it's getting global. Um, so navigating that has been really interesting. So right now we, um, we're focusing a lot of energy in new markets that we just launched like in the, the Middle East so expanding there, getting all the distribution figured out, uh, all of that, it's a f- main focus, as well as we are in cross-border in China, which has also been surprisingly uh, uh, interesting, you know, the demand coming from the country for our products. So doing that. So there's just like a lot of expansion, expanding our spa partnerships, which were in a lot of like really cool uh, hotels and resorts around the world. So it's like everything just, just growing everywhere. (laughs) That's incredible. That is so nice to hear coming out of this pandemic, which has been so rough for so many brands. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I did want to ask you is you've done an incredible job building a luxury brand, which is no easy feat. You know, sometimes I, I, I admire the brands that I feel like with luxury, you build them slower, you're more strategic, you are more uh, picky, right? Who you talk to, when you talk to them, uh, who you partner with. And I, and I know from when I started, you know, I felt like I had to say yes to every opportunity because what if I don't get another one? And it really changes how the brand grows. And so how did you have the foresight to be very editorial in your selections and your customers and your messaging, because that it's a slippery slope once you start saying yes to all. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, you can't say yes to all. You can't. And especially because we were building a luxury brand and I knew that it's like luxury. It's not like growth. is not explosive. It's luxury grows in a different organic fashion, you know? So, um, it just felt right. I, I didn't know that I was having any foresight. It just really felt right. And, uh, and, and thank, thankfully a lot of opportunities came our way and, uh, and we just kind of like picked the ones that seemed right for the moment that we were in. And still today, this is that, that hasn't changed at all. Uh, every time that we launch in a new market, it's always about this 
balancing act between distribution and uh, where would the brand be nurtured the, the most and uh, also about their teams. So, for example, in Le Bon Marché, we knew from the get-go that that was like a great partnership with Harrods, the same thing. So, you know, there's definitely partners that you that you're in sync with and and even like Sephora, you know, like we launched Sephora, I think in our second year, which was really tri- tricky. And that was the one account where um, we were also, because they have so many stores, we we're like, okay, we're launching in 10. Like if you're okay with us launching in this 10 zip codes, then, and, and the team was wonderful. And they let us do kind of like our strategy in their stores and also curate a specific assortment that speaks to the, their traffic and the people that go through the store. So in Sephora, you can't find all of our products, but if you can find all of our products that work in their stores. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like taking a lot of time. And, and also like my team is super picky too. So they, um, you also find out like what other brands are going in, what are, who are we, you know, sitting next to, and you know, all those factors play in into, into the conversation. So yeah, it's just like we're in no rush, you know. It's like you're in no rush. Just you just need to make good decisions for the time that you're in. And when a store, what I've learned is that when a store wants you in their store, they will continue wanting you in their store whenever you're ready. Yes, that is an important lesson. I remember too often taking the big order and you think it's great. Um, but I think growing slower is so much more strategic and you can, you can just have more runway in front of you to plan things out versus getting excited, taking it all in and then being overwhelmed and, and dealing with the punches if they happen. Yeah, exactly. A a good advice for, for young entrepreneurs or, or just entrepreneurs in general, just to, right. I think that those opportunities are not gonna like disappear. If someone really, really wants you in their store, that opportunity will be there when you're ready. So true. So I'd like to end my podcast with two questions I ask all of my guests. What is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? Could be a habit, a quirk. People are always surprised when I uh, when I tell them that I live with six dogs. Oh my God, I'm surprised. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm in an all-time low. Let me tell you, it's always been like we were ho- we were always hovering like ten dogs, yeah, like a total pack. I lived in my farm with my kids uh, for eleven years, so we just had like a dog bonanza. <laughs> it wow. was amazing, amazing. Wow. Yeah, but now I live in New Canaan, so I need to rein it in. So I'm in an all-time low with six dogs, and uh, and it's amazing. They're just like such good companions. That's incredible. And I give you props because my kids want a dog. And I said, no, I already have three butts. I am wiping. I'm not, I'm not engaging in another one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what is one piece of advice you would love to share either that you learned the hard way or someone gave to you that you'd love to pass on? I think that's something, uh, just like another good advice. And I think that I don't remember who gave me this advice, but it's like, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Like sometimes you can be too comfortable in a career path or a high paying job, but it doesn't make you happy. And fears like really deter you from doing something risky and that, but that can give you more happiness. So I think that, um, you know, work needs to fulfill all, you know, other aspects of your life other than money. 
And, uh, and sometimes our, our passions change and we need to realize that. And we change as we get older. So, you know, maybe what you started in your 20s is no longer relevant in your early 40s. And, um, and I think that you should have the courage to reinvent yourself if you want to. I love that. That's great. And since we are airing, today is International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to everyone out there. Um, is there anything you want to share to the uh, mostly 97% listeners we have on the podcast? Well, I think that being, you know, being a woman is great. I, I love being a woman. And we need to embrace those things that, that are great about being a woman. And sometimes we try to you know, act a little too masculine to be taken seriously and downplay our femininity or, you know, our, you know, our desires. And we shouldn't be afraid to do that. We should, you know, we should embrace how great life is for a woman. So I think that that is, you know, something that I wanted to say. And also we have a code at 20% off. It's Tata XIWD22 for a 20% off in our website just really to celebrate women and to, um, you know, a little gift from our part. I love that. Everyone listening, take advantage of it. My, I get the most compliments when I'm wearing Tata. So you, you will too. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. This was so nice. Uh, like a really nice chat. And, uh, and I hope that you are um, just staying warm. I know, right? It's freezing. Before we we wrap, where can people follow you, find you, buy you, all the all the things? So people can follow our, the company at tataharperskincare.com uh, on Instagram and then tataharperskincare.com. You can buy our products. And uh, yeah, those are the main, there's like a TikTok account, a new TikTok account that I know the team is having fun with. I'm sure it's at the Harper Skincare. And you can buy our products in a lot of different stores, Sephora, Bergdorf's, Neiman, Saks, Blue Mercury. So yeah, all over the country. Love it. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.